Welcome to the most innovative, creative, intellectually stimulating podcast around. Now let's listen to One on One with Dr. D. You've tuned in to One-on-One with Dr. D. Now, get ready to listen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome once again to One-on-One with Dr. D. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Henderson. God bless you. How are you doing today? I pray that you all are doing well. Well, we're at the end of that last developing your prophetic gifting, and now we've moved on to another topic. Now, those of you who have listened to me over the years have always heard me speak this, that there isn't a difference between the seer and the prophet. So tonight's subject that I'm going to speak on is about the seer and the prophet. And I want to bridge those two together. I was listening to someone today um, on a pad, on a podcast, and one of the things that they stated was something very true. Remember, there's a scripture that says that 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 was once called a seer is now called a prophet and this individual said this that there is a difference between a seer and a prophet now I thoroughly disagree with this individual absolutely but when they described how they defined it I said now I understand why they defined it in that manner the person said that the seer is a function of the prophet now I looked at it and I said now that's exactly it because if those of you who who remember me uh, teaching about this I said if you have a seer who can only see but not speak what they hear they have a crippled gift because the totality of the prophetic mantle comes with everything That means you don't only hear and see, but you use the seven senses that God has given you. And I know people are shaking their head saying, wait a minute, there's five senses. There's actually seven. And thank God for that. Five is the number of grace, but seven is the number of perfection. So here's the thing about it. Tonight, what I desire to do is I desire to go over a lesson that I taught in my school called the seer, the prophet, the gift okay the seer the prophet and the gift so that's what we're going to entitle tonight's lesson okay so if you have your bibles i want you to keep them ready keep them handy because we're going to go into the bible we're going to look at a few scriptures and then we're going to monologue i will monologue a few things to you i wish we could dialogue this back and forth it's much better interactively however that's not the case so therefore we're going to do it this way 
all right now the one thing that i want to ask is what is a seer i want us to be able to define what a seer exactly is well the dictionary defines a seer as one it's a noun and the definition of a seer is, is a person who supposed to be able to through supernatural insight to see what the future holds now i want to correct that definition because i do not like to place things on the natural that is actually spiritual so it is not through supernatural means it is through spiritual means that an individual is able to see what the future holds because it's not anything that is super on a natural that means you've just got extra strength some extra insight but it does not take you away from it. and you and, and as we go and we move along you begin to understand where i'm coming from from this perspective okay and those of you who who, who are tuning in who have uh, 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 learned this lesson to, from me god bless you i thank you for listening to me again uh, on this lesson i may throw in some new nuggets that the lord god has been dealing with me about but for the most part it's going to be relatively the same amen now let's look at the archaic definition of what a seer is the archaic definition of what a seer is is a person who sees something specified now i like that definition a person who sees something specified then the next definition is a person who is a seer of the future okay now the one thing that I have to tell you is that though most of those definitions, they're pretty good because they came from the dictionary. They are incomplete. All right. I have to tell you that I have a I have a more comprehensive definition of what it is. So there's many versions of what a seer is, but the most basic spiritual function is this. And this is what the Lord gave me. One who sees into the spirit realm and prophesies what is seen. Now, remember, words matter. I want everyone to remember that. Words matter. Follow me here. So, if the individual is a person who is able to see into the spirit realm and then speaks what they see it is a prophetic word this brings the seer from the from the forefront to the back and the prophet to the front do you hear me that is one of the reasons why god merged the gift that which was once called a seer is now called a prophet but it goes deeper than that and we'll get into that a little bit later so i have a question for my listening uh audience here's a question what or no 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 who was the first identified seer in the bible i want you to i want you to take the time and look that up who was the first identified seer in the bible all right now of course as i'm going through this lesson i'm going to give you the answer because we don't have that much time so i can lay it out there but i cannot give you that much time so you might as well just you know jeopardy clock it and and let's move on okay now a lot of people say that 
uh, there were other people prior to, but the first identified seer, which was uh, instituted, I don't like utilizing the terminology in an office, but I have to utilize the terminology office in this, from this perspective, because he was placed uh, in this stead in a governmental fashion, but what he had was a gift. All right, so it was Samuel. He was the first, and Samuel was not only the first identified seer in the Bible, but was the first and only judge to inaugurate the monarchy. Hear this. And what he did, biblically, it established the paradigm going forward. He was the first one to be able to, through the power of God, by the power of God, to name the king, give the rights to the king, and then every successive king afterwards, it was always a prophet that would identify who the king was. Those individuals, and hear this, those individuals that were not prophesied about, and there were many Israel is uh, kings throughout all of the tribes, those were the ones who were not really called as kings. They were put in to the monarchy. However, only when a prophet was sent by God to establish that individual in that monarchy was that rule successful and complete. Okay, so let's move on. Okay. What are three other seers or who are three other seers that are in the Bible? We can jeopardy clock that also. All right. But of course, I am going to give you the answer. So there are three other seers listed in the Bible. The first one is somebody that many of us skip over when we're in the Old Testament. Listed in 2 Chronicles 9.29. His name was Edo. We don't hear much about Edo, but he was an identified seer. Okay? The second one was in 1 Chronicles 29.29. Okay? And his name was the prophet Gad. And then this gentleman afterwards is one that you never hear anything about. Because as long as I've been coming up, unless I actually studied and pulled it out, I never heard anything about Zedek in 2 Samuel 15, 27. Very little is known in reference to Zadok, but he was also a seer in the word of God. All right, now, here's another definition. The seer is the administrative aspect of the gift of the prophet. In other words, it is a function, like I stated. So why do I say this? 1 Samuel 9, and 9, uh, 9, 9 states before time, and I've been quoting this, in Israel, where a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, come and let us go see the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. So I want us to move deeper into that so that we can begin to um, look at that from this perspective, from a different perspective. You see, the Lord took what was in the gifting of the seer and he merged it or that function incorporated 
that into the gift of the prophet in its totality. So afterwards, a seer was now called a seer prophet or a prophet because the seer function cannot work. Now, I, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to pause right here so that we can understand this more clearly. An individual in your ministry or in your church that says, well, I, 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 you know, I'm a seer. Well, the church may not need a seer. The church may need a prophet. The seer may say, say, well, I'm a prophet. Well, wait a minute. If you say you're a seer, then you're a seer. You see. And you speak what you see. But what if God is not showing you anything? Can you hear and speak? Because that would make you a prophet. Well, I can hear and speak. That means that means you're a prophet in its totality. Many individuals believe that they are seer and all they do. See, it is, and, and I will say it again, it is a handicapped gift when an individual can only see and speak what they see. That's one of the main reasons why, and, and as strange it is it, as it is, okay, and I always state these scriptures, Acts 2.28, okay, um, Acts 2.17, Joel 2.28, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. What that does is that places the gift of the prophesier above the gift of the seer. I'm going to say that again so that people can understand where I'm coming from. A seer who says that all they do is see and speak what God is saying from Acts uh, uh, 2.17, Joel 2.28, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. What it does is it places the gift of the common believer above that of the seer because those who prophesy oftentimes hear and or see and speak all right i'll leave it right there so that we can understand so now a seer prophet or a prophet sees more than they hear but upon reaching the fullness of their maturity in their gifting they can do both and manifest those prophetic powers in totality. So if a person says, I'm a seer, they may be a novice. They may be an acolyte. That may be the trajectory that God is taking them before they manifest in its totality their gift. However, God may be taking them to another, a, a whole different level, to an, an entirely different area. But an individual who is growing and they simply stop, I believe that it is erroneous. Now, anybody that wants to uh, 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 call me and speak to me about it, listen, I'm Dr. Derek Henderson. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, okay? And you can even reach me on Clubhouse. You can uh, call me if you desire, if you want a question uh, the thought processes, because I'd like to intellectualize with somebody who will challenge me on what I'm stating. 845-531-7786. Oh, and before I move on, if you're deriving anything from this particular broadcast or any of the other broadcasts, the podcast that I'm that I'm speaking, please like, 
share and subscribe like share and subscribe because that's how we get the algorithm uh boosted so that more people can be taught the things of god in a in in the manner in which i believe that god desires for them to be taught amen okay now let's move on i have a question and once again we're going to jeopardy song this okay listener do you believe that the gifting of the seer is still in operation and if so why and give scripture to support your narrative or your conclusion i want you to do that for me please and once again get in contact with me drop a note to me so that we can dialogue on that because of course i'm going to take a stand on what i believe i know and listen i'm not above being taught because i desire for somebody to show me something else i've been speaking about the apostles and the prophets for almost 30 years and believe me i can still learn stuff and i can learn from people who have just entered into the body of christ because god may have given the babe a revelation that i i never caught i would love that i wouldn't be offended by it i'd be grateful for it okay enough of that now we're gonna go to somebody who i believe we should speak about in reference to the prophetic i want to speak to you about a person named balaam you remember who balaam was well if you don't we're gonna go over listen to this there are literally 57 verses covering eight books about balaam hear it 57 verses covering eight books about balaam beginning with numbers 22 5 and look these up rewind me listen to it again numbers 22 verse 5 through 40 numbers 23 verses 1 through 4 numbers 11 numbers 16 numbers 25 through 30 numbers 24 1 through 3 numbers 10 numbers 12 numbers 15 numbers 25 numbers 31 verses 8 and 16. all of those spanning eight books so now deuteronomy 23 verses 4 and 5 and joshua 13 22 joshua 24 9 and joshua 24 uh and uh and 10. we got nehemiah 13 2 micah 6 5 second peter uh uh 215 Jude 111 Revelations 214 all of those verses all of those all about Balaam so for someone to be spoken about as much as Balaam was spoken about who was this character who was this this guy with all of this writing about him well first Balaam uh, Balaam is introduced to us simply by this particular verse it says the son of beor to pethor which is by the river of the land of the children of his people that's how he's introduced to us Ooh, kind of a mystery right right but then when you move down numbers uh 22 7 it's a it's a bit more descriptive right so it says this and the elders of moab and the elders of the midian departed with the rewards of wait 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 for it 
of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. Wait a minute. Did you just say divination? Beloved, yes, I did. I did just say that. I remember saying that, I tell you. Okay. So, why would the elders depart with gifts of divination for someone who is divining? Wait a minute. Are we talking about this being done for for the people who serve a holy God? Oh, wait a minute. There's, there's a whole mystery brewing here, right? Now, just by considering the text in, in 22.7, when you look at that alone, what we can see is that at the moment in time, Balaam was the one that was practicing divination. So, why would God, our God, begin to deal with someone who is a diviner? Here's a question. Were there any other seers in the land? Were there any other prophets in the land? Verse 22.9, were there? Hmm. Kind of makes you think. Hmm. You know that, 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 uh, that song, Things to Make You Go, Hmm. So, that right there makes you realize that one of the main reasons for the convergence of the seer and the prophet was because God was taking what was once established, what the enemy tried to establish as his. Now, remember, every good and perfect gift comes from above. What the enemy did was he used it and gave the powers to man in the form of receiving monetary uh, rewards. So you had the enemy that empowered the diviner because it definitely wasn't God that was empowering him. And here you had someone who was making, uh, let me put it in, in, in the fashion that we would talk we were just talking he was making mad money he was cleaning up the dough and he was rolling around Israel he was the big dog he was the big dog you wanted you wanted him to see something you better have <laughs> you better had said something but you paid him before he said what he saw period that's what he did okay and so God took that particular gift and said you know what I'm merging this into the prophet and now that which was once called a prophet a seer is now called a prophet okay now that brings us to another aspect that brings us down to the prophet but here's what I want to do beloved I'm going to wait till next week and we're going to do a part two on this so that we can get into the depth of the prophet. We're going to explain the makings once again on developing your prophetic gifting. I was speaking about developing your prophetic gifting, but now I'm speaking about the prophet in reference to you working it. Okay? And, 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 and the institution of the prophet. Hear me, the institution of the prophet. 
So that's what we're going to speak about next week. All right? And that, beloved, brings me to my school moment. Today's school moment is about keeping an open mind. One of the best things that I could possibly tell you is that you may believe something wholeheartedly, but the moment you shut your mind off to whatever it is that the individual who is trying to explain their point of view to you about a topic or subject, it becomes very dangerous. Keeping an open mind simply means that you are agreeable to possibly some things. You may not agree wholeheartedly with the individual, but then you tell them, I don't agree with you. But make sure that in your mental assessment, you say, I've opened myself up to the suggestion. Let me critically assess this so then I can make an informed decision. And that, beloved, is today's school moment. Today's theological word is hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the study of the meaning of writings, speech, and therefore also a biblical text. It's the study of the methodology of interpretation. So whenever you hear a preacher speak about hermeneutics or speaking or preaching hermeneutically, you'll understand exactly what they're speaking about. Once again, the word for today is hermeneutics, and that is today's theological word. Thank you for tuning in to the teaching ministry of One-on-One -on -one with Dr. D. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, see you on the other side.